Welcome back, football fanatics, to the podcast that is always in tune with the heartbeat of English football, EPL State of Mind. Today, I'm your host, Sean, and I'm here to guide you through what was a really exhilarating roller coaster ride of a weekend of Premier League games. I have my man Kyle with me to discuss some of the matches, including City beating West Ham in East London, uh, a snoozer of an Arsenal game, Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> Liverpool's win of over Wolves and a couple of other games as well. Um, as you can tell, we are without the services of our skipper James, so we'll do our best to give you good insight without uh, without shedding too many tears. But whether you're tuning in from across the globe or here in the United States, join us as we delve into the EPL state of mind. And let's just open it up right away. First things first, Everton Football Club has been acquired by 777 Partners might be 777 partners. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Um, but the club has uh, purchased Farhad Mashiri stake, which is about 95% of the club's ownership. Um, they're a hedge fund based, as I mentioned, in the United States. They also own Hertha Berlin, Genoa, Standard Liège, Melbourne Victory, Vasco da Gama, and C- Sevilla in Spain. Um, this should be completed before the end of the year. And as, as you noted here, Kyle, it would be the biggest acquisition to date. I would also um, take the number of Premier League teams owned by an American to 10, which would obviously be half the division for you math folks at home. Um, but the big, the big thing is obviously that this, this move will help with the completion of, of Everton Stadium. Um, and to say that Farhad Mashiri's tenure has been uh, turbulent would be an understatement. He's racked up over $400 million worth of debts uh, since taking control of the club seven years ago. Um, And Everton's performance on the field, I mean, just look at at the standings at the end of the season. They've been in a relegation dogfight for two straight years. They look destined to be in one again this year. Um, And this is a team that, you know, we used to be known for top half finishes and even sometimes in the top six. So uh, very disappointed to see that. But hopefully with uh, this private, private equity firm taking over, um, they can help turn around things at at, uh, at Goodison and then eventually whatever this new stadium will be called. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you just they should just sell all their teams and buy one good team instead of owning six average to poor teams, you know? But you know what? With, with money, that's what Everton needs. They have the fan base and they have the stadium They in spades. So, you know, I think we went over it last week talking about all the clubs, how they did in the transfer window. And if I'm not mistaken, we gave Everton a – fucking garbage rating on that transfer. D or C minus. Not good. Not good. So this might Um, be exactly what they need. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Listen, I don't don't want to see them go down. It's as you mentioned, it's a great club with, with a great fan base. So um, hopefully they stay up and then this, this new ownership group can provide some stability for them. Um, But speaking of stability, uh, a job that's been very unstable over the last two or three years is the German national team manager. Uh, we got a little bit of a uh, little bit of news coming from from old friends in Germany. Julian Nagelsmann, a name that we mentioned multiple times last year, um, has now been to, has now been hired to take the helm of the German national team. It's just a ten month deal, um, so it'll put him in charge for the rest of the World Cup World Cup qualifiers and then into the Euros uh, next summer, which Germany are actually hosting. Um, and then from there, he'll be able to springboard into his next opportunity in management. Uh, Kyle, what do you got on this one? This is a guy we, you know, we think pretty highly of. I mean, it's it's about goddamn time that he comes back to soccer, football, whatever whatever country you're in. It's about goddamn time that he comes back. This is a man that took Bayern Munich to 
well, I'll say to levels that they should be at with the teams that they have, <laughs> but he didn't mess up. I mean, he's he joined in 2020, I believe, Bayern Munich, was the runner-up in 2020-2021, won in 2021-22, and then won it in 2023, or 2022-23 in the Super Cup as well. So he, he's a winner. And they cut him because of nonsense in the back offices. This is a sport. This is It is a business, but before anything, I mean, you got to let these kids play. And they gave up on Nagelsmann with, well before they should have. And then they replaced him with who? Potter, was it? Tuchel. 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 Yeah, Thomas Tuchel. They replaced him with Tuchel, and then Tuchel was garbage over there. So it, it proved that it's not just the players. You need a coach. So it's about goddamn time we see Nagelsmann back you know, on the sideline with his team. I, I could see great things coming from this, especially because he's only 36 years old. I mean, this guy's got another 30 years in the sport. So <laughs> At least. Yeah. At least, man. We got Roy Hodgson in his late 70s still kicking at Palace, <laughs> so you never know. I mean, um, it's hard to compare someone to Roy Hodgson, you know. <laughs> but while, while we're on the subject of history, as he becomes the youngest uh, coach in German, uh, German national team history, let's talk about some history on the grandest stage of them all. Ivan Providel, an Italian goalkeeper, scored a stoppage time header yesterday for Lazio for them to steal a point against Atletico Madrid, becoming only the second goalie ever to score a non-penalty goal in the Champions League. Kyle, this one was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Sean, you, you touched it perfectly earlier when you said that man looked like a striker. That run was brilliant. The header was brilliant. He beat, what was it, Oblak? Like, you beat a goalie that doesn't let up goals to most strikers. And, I mean, if you guys watch the goal, it is a perfectly inch-timed run. Full speed, beats the defenders, first one in the air, header glances it off perfect. They're using the pace of the ball, veteran move, as a goalie. And then, we, I mean, if, if you want to get into the fun parts, he uh, wore number 94, scored in the 94th minute, was drafted or born in 1994. And then there's one other, too. I think they had like an... I think he's 1.94 meters tall. And uh, anyone using the metric system, you're a fucking squid. But it, it makes <laughs> for, for, for good talking point on this one. Yeah, man. I mean, that was... It's what you love to see. It's the beautiful game for moments like that. You know, you see Absolutely. everyone around, around your, your goalie. You love yeah. it. Yeah. Listen, if I'm a Lazio striker, I'm on the hot seat. If my goalie's fucking putting headers like that, I'm feeling the pressure, baby. So. <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> but while we're on the subject of Champions League, just... Just a quick wrap up or, or, or whip around about the uh, some of the games being played by Premier League teams. We had Newcastle draw their first match at the San Siro against uh, AC Milan. Man United lost 4-3 today against Bayern Munich. Arsenal took care of business. I think they won 3-0 uh, against PSV. And then uh, City took out Red Star Belgrade yesterday in a 3-1 match that they were actually trailing at halftime. Um, ah, no sense. We let them <laughs> do you have any, any any takeaways that you have before we move on to the weekend roundup? I do. I mean, I'll just start it off by saying that I checked the live odds at halftime for the Man City game, and they were still minus 220 to win at halftime while losing. So it, they let it go in. I'm sure of it for the fans. But the other <laughs> thing to come from that game, which was interesting, was Gazprom, a company with strong ties to the Russian war effect in Ukraine, is a main sponsor of Gvenezvedza. I mean, I... I'm sure that I botched that. That is the team that Man City played this week. And they are rocking their logo and as one of the main sponsors on their arm. And they are directly linked with the whole Russian propaganda, war effect, all that stuff. It's got a lot of people up in arms. So, you know, people are calling for the next match to be forfeit because of this. They're, they're calling for, you know, fines. They 
suspensions for players who wore it. So what, what do you guys think? Honestly, that's an interesting topic. I could see both sides of this argument. So I'm interested to see how everyone reacts to this. The the big thing for me is I actually just want to see City play. Uh, Red Star Belgrade is the English translation of, of what is this? Like whatever. I'm not even going to bother. I don't speak yeah. Serbian. But um, as someone who watched Liverpool go there and lose a few years ago in the Champions League, their atmosphere is insane like unlike any atmosphere in the premier league in spain in germany it's there's flares there's fireworks there's probably dogs giving birth dying <laughs> i mean it's it's insane it's absolutely ludicrous environment i would love to see man city go there and try to play pep ball um you know while they're they're getting death threats and bottle rocket shot at their head so um that part of me wants to see it happen but yeah obviously the ties with russia are unacceptable so um, something to keep an eye on. And just the last thing before we hop into it, uh, Jude Bellingham's a friggin' freaking nature. He scored us a, a 94th minute stoppage time winner, uh, six goals in six matches since moving over to Real Madrid. That guy's absolutely incredible. I can't wait to watch him, you know, throughout this champions league run. And then in the euros next summer. So is it time for him to create his own celebration to, to join <laughs> the greats? I don't know. It might Could be. be Peter Crouch, obviously. Peter Crouch. <laughs> No, most notably, what's his celebration? celebration? Looking like a dumb idiot on the field. Speaking of dumb idiots, let's uh, let's hop over to Arsenal. Let's who, dive uh, into who, Arsenal. Yeah, man, yeah. they exercise some demons. They finally got a win on Merseyside, their first win in the city of of Liverpool since 2017 in the 16-17 season. Wow, um, that's pathetic. Yeah, and and Real this game bad. was pathetic to watch for stretches of it, to be honest. Oh, you hate to see it. I mean, you know what you're tuning into when you turn on an Arsenal game, though. So <laughs> Easily the most boring game of the weekend, or at least <laughs> at least that we're going to go over. And yes, we are taking as many pot shots as possible because we know James cannot respond for at least yeah. seven days. And that's with a 0-0 zero, um, zero tie this weekend. Easily yeah, the most exactly. boring game. Exactly. Um, just the two things I wanted to mention about this game. David Raya came in for Aaron Ramsdale, which is significant. Um, Arteta has talked about wanting to use both of his goalies as, uh, or rotate both of his goalies like he out rotates outfield players. Um, but that's pretty unusual. And I would think Ramsdale is probably going to get relegated to the, uh, cup games like the FA cup, like the Carabao cup, maybe an occasional prem game when they have, uh, played, you know, in, in Europe earlier in the week. Um, and then obviously the Martinelli injury. He went down with a hamstring injury in the first half, and Trossard actually came on for him and, and scored the winner in this game. But uh, that's a big blow for Arsenal, depending on how long he's going to be out for. Oh, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Arsenal are in shambles at this point. Uh, they barely beat Everton at Goodison Park. It's that That's a game. You know, Everton lost seven times their last season. They've lost all three home games this season. Uh, it, I feel like they're they're in such a state where even the Goodison Park effect is getting overseen now. Yeah, so it's you sad. know, you, only winning by one is just it's just sad. You, you'd expect a lot more from a team of that quality, or or supposed quality that we like supposed. to that James likes to remind us about. Not even but, the youngest team. Not even the youngest. <laughs> fourth youngest team. I mean, it's, it's past time to pick it up, fellas. They're off the podium. But, <laughs> as we move on from Arsenal, let's take a look at their their weekend opponents. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur. 
and game this of the game, man. Oh my! You God. talk about you talk about a complete shift from what we talked about in the Arsenal Everton game. This game had it all. Thirteen, yes, thirteen yellow cards. And the craziest part about oh. this game, it wasn't that there was two stoppage time goals for Tottenham to tie and win it. No, no, no. It wasn't that there was thirteen yellow cards. It was that there was thirteen yellow cards, and none of them went to Christian Romero. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It tr- truly is because that guy, I, he's he's a walking, a, a walking yellow card. Yeah. But um, yeah, this game obviously Sheffield United played really, really well. I got you got to give them a lot of credit here. They stayed compact. They frustrated throughout the game. Made it difficult for Tottenham to break them down. Um, did a little bit of time wasting, which came back to bite them in the end with all the added time that was tacked on. But uh, they scored a goal off a corner. Gustavo Hammer, who we mentioned probably two or three times already since the season started. Very neat finish with his weak foot into the corner. Um, and, and the Blades were able to hold on for 90 minutes. But who else but your boy, Richarlison, oh, steps up. God, I hate to hear it. <laughs> he steps up. After leaving the pitch in tears this week, in, or last week rather, in Brazil on international duty, um, talked about how he needs to go see a psychologist. He's really struggling with things off the pitch, and that was just kind of a release of everything in his life. Well, he follows that up with a goal in stoppage time on a header to tie the game and then sets up Kulisevsky for his week, a weak foot finish of his own. And, man, I mean, we talked about it back when they hired Ange Postacoglu, but we said – his man management really should suit Richarlison, and, and he could get the best out of Richarlison at Spurs, and maybe this looks like the start of that happening. Yeah, I'd be interested to see a stat with average time from scoring a goal to when the player takes his shirt off in celebration, because I think Richarlison will have that by four full seconds. It's near instantaneous. When that ball's in the net, his arms are already taking the shirt off. Great. <laughs> but, you know, my, my big takeaway from this game is that you know, Sheffield's a new team up there. They need to stay composed. A, a 90th plus 14th minute red card in the 104th minute is unacceptable. That is going to – it hurts your team. That's all it does. It's a yeah. loss of composure. It's – if you're Sheffield United in the position you are, you need every single weapon. You can't yeah. be giving up red cards in, in moments that it could – it could have been the last whistle of the game. You know, just I think it. I think it was. I think it was uh, at the at the end at the conclusion of the game. Um, you're referring to Ollie McBurney who got sent off, but yeah, I totally agree. It's just got to keep your composure. Obviously, a frustrating game when when you have it for ninety plus minutes and then um, end up losing that way. But I mean, I look I, at I these still... stats, dude. I, they must have been. I would feel that Spurs would have been the frustrated ones. Twenty eight shots, ten shots on target versus seven shots, five shots on target. And they yeah. couldn't and, break that line. I, and, I would think, they and they were, they were the frustrated ones for the vast majority of this game, but um, we're able to pull it, pull it out. And well, we're talking about games in London from this past weekend. Let's uh, take a look at your boys in blue um, as they broke through West Ham's defense in a three-one victory. What do you got on this one? Uh, awesome, awesome job. You know, James Ward-Prowse scoring is nothing new. I absolutely love to see that on a new team. It means he's vibing, he's fitting in. It's awesome. That being said. Doku, that dude's gorgeous. He's he's special. <laughs> he's 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 going to be big for us. I'm I'm pretty certain that he's going to replace anyone that needs to get replaced. I know he's going for the uh, God. He's off the team, so I can't remember his name. Mares, Mares, that's the one. I I don't feel like this is that big a loss for us. I think currently Mares might still be a little better, but take the age into consideration. Doku's the guy you go with in in a heartbeat, in my opinion, and then. You know, the Bernardo Silva goal was gorgeous. 
but the Champions League game saw him leave. He's hurt, man. So that's going to be a big hit for us. Even Pep was talking about that. That's not a fun. Uh, you know, here's here's my thing, and I sent this to you earlier in the day when when Pep was going on his whinging. He was talking about the injuries that City has to go through and yada yada. And we're they the replaced... only team that has to deal with injuries. It's nonsense. The only only team, right? It's so Kovacic mm-hmm. is out, Stones is out. Uh, I think really she's working and back from an injury, and then also now Silva's hurt. It's like, oh, poor Pep. Who does he got to use to replace him? Oh, just uh, who does he get to replace Stones with? Oh, Josco Guardiol. He's like a $75 million center back. Matthias Nunez, who they bought right at the end of the window for 55 mil. Oh, they bought Doku for 60 mil. Poor Pep. Well, he's, he's got so few options to choose from. It's not like they're picking guys up off the street in Manchester and saying, hey, lace well, up a pair of boots. You're, you're, you're starting, son. Well, let's not forget Pep is also hurt. All right, so we got we got injuries battling everywhere. Battling through right the now. pain, battling <laughs> through the pain, battling as any good manager would. But yeah, you know, three one, I was worried. West Ham scored first, so I I had looked at that game like this is away, they're vibing, and James Ward Pass is scoring. So that would have I would have been okay with a draw there at halftime. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's a big res- big result for City. Um, it's the quick and, and West Ham look good. I mean, they're still, uh, and we've we've mentioned it multiple times, but very very dangerous team on the counter attack. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, this is the second game this week though that City went into the half losing and then came out and had equalized by the 49th minute. You right. know, they're coming out of that locker room hot. It's it's the back to back three to one wins going into the locker room down one. Yeah. So you know I, that it's, you love yeah. to see it. Second half, Pep's team talks are clearly doing something to them. Yeah, it's it's like that meme. Whenever someone scores on City, especially I feel like the Sheffield United game sums it up the best. But whenever someone scores on City, it's like that meme where the guy's like playing video games and he leans forward. He's like, "Now it's go time." <laughs> that's that's City. Whenever someone scores on them, they they get so pissed off and then they just come out to try to drub you. But um, any final thoughts on here before we pop into to another game? No, nah, no, nah, we can move on from there. It was it, the result should have happened and it happened. Yeah. Um, so let's let's take a look at another three-one victory. This one is Aston Villa against Crystal Palace. Um, you talk about leaving it late. Palace took took the lead in this game. I want to say in like the early part of the second half, and it looked like they were just going to kind of cruise the rest of the way. Um, and then out of nowhere, Jan Duran, I think it was maybe it's John, spanked in a half alley, half volley off the crossbar. Probably the best of the weekend. Um, the only other one that I could I could think of is, is Hudson Adoy's goal for Forest. Um, to tie the game, and it didn't stop there. They won a penalty in stoppage time, uh, which Douglas Louise stepped up and converted, and then your boy, Leon Bailey, put the My game boy. on ice. Your boy. With, Clearly the, the best lefty in the Premier League. Hands <laughs> With a pass from uh, the great Musa Diaby, who's really stood out. I mean, we talked about him a bunch of times already, but he he made a great run and then set up this one. Um, and just my last thing on this game, with his goal – being Bailey, and then Kuliseski earlier. We had two of the four latest goals in Premier League history that occurred this weekend, which is just a cool thing and, awesome. and something we'll probably see more of it um, throughout the year with, with all the added time that's being tacked on to games. Man, you're just happy it's a Liverpool guy that has the last one, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did it. I did put on here. Dirk Cout has the latest ever with 90 plus uh, – or. 11 minute, 11th minute of stoppage time and 38 seconds against Arsenal in 2009. Suck on that one, James. Yeah, he's um, an icon, man. Dirk Cout, legend. Well, <laughs> but while we're on the subject of Liverpool, 
We could talk about their game at Molyneux this weekend. Is that another 3-1? Another 3-1 victory. It was a weekend of 3-1. And don't worry, folks. Man United fans, we're going to talk about your game, too. That's a 3-1 L, though. Um, But this was a tough one. And and honestly, at halftime, kind of similar to what you were talking about, I would have been happy to, you know, to go to go to get a point out of this game at half because Wolves completely dominated Liverpool from the off. Uh, Neto really, really, Pedro Neto really stood out, especially early on. He gave Joe Gomez fits. Um, beat him down the line and then chipped across into, I want to say it's Juan Ki Chen who scored the the goal for Wolves. Neto's been involved in 80% of Wolves' goals so far this year. He's got four assists on their five goals overall. Um, so he's been he's been exceptional. I really wanted to highlight him. Um, went into halftime, as I said, just like hoping for a draw. But once again, Liverpool comes out. Klopp makes a couple adjustments at half. He pulls McAllister off, who looked absolutely gassed. Throws Diaz on and goes into like a more of like a four-two-three-one formation, um, and it paid dividends. You got two most solid assists, extending his streak of either scoring or assisting in the Premier League to eleven consecutive games. The Damn. last guy to to make to reach that feat, Mo Salah in 2020-2021. So uh, really, really special for him. He's not getting maybe as many chances to score, but from a you know, creative pulling the string standpoint, he's been great to start this season. Yeah, he's he's fantastic, man. I mean, to have such consistent numbers for, I mean, how many years now? Straight, six years straight, probably. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. He doesn't look like he's aging a day. No, I, I think you you just hit, hit it on the head. The word with him is consistency. He's so so solid. You can always count on him. You know his performance levels. Um, but you know, while we're talking about inconsistency, oh, uh, let's take a I look mean, this at might be uh, consistency now. This might just be consistent, man. You, <laughs> I mean, I, I watched that game, man. You, they did control the game for the most part. They had more chances. They were probably playing with the ball in the other opposition's half more than Brighton in their half. But I mean, this was just a clinic on how to counterattack from Brighton, a clinic. They, they had two shots that weren't on target. Out of, but they only had 10 shots. They had one corner, and they scored three goals compared to Manchester with 14 shots and one goal. And, I mean, they kept – most of their goals came in probably a three-on-four where Brighton was sprinting down the field, catching them flat-footed, abusing Maguire, just abusing the man. You, you almost felt bad for him. But, you know, Ten Hag made a big, big fuck-up, in my opinion, in the post-game interview when he said – yeah, you know, every team spends money. So this isn't on us for spending money when they asked them, like, is this a problem that you're spending all this money? And then you look at the opposition and it's fucking Brighton who does the best business in the Premier League, who barely spent money. And it's like, that's the wrong time to say that, Ten Hag. Now you've just made yourself a fool and you're just looking for excuses that were not there. You know, he should go back and blame Sancho or something consistent like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, this was just a Brighton show. They looked there was never a moment in that game that I didn't think Brighton was going to win. Never a moment. Yeah, and uh, a guy that we talked about on on the preview uh, contributed in this game, uh, Simon Adingra. He set up Danny Welbeck, actually a former Man United Academy boy, uh, for the first goal. Um, I've identified him as the new Matoma. He was at the same uh, feeder club, which is Union saint Joie, something like that. It's in Belgium. Um, but anyways, Matoma was there two seasons ago. Had 11 goal contributions. Adingra, who's a full two years younger than Matoma, 
was there last year and had 22 contributions uh, to goals. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I think we're going to see more from him throughout this year, uh, particularly with the injury to Asensio. I think he's going to get a lot more opportunities on the wings. Um, and then also you got to mention Pascal Gross and, and Jao Pedro scored two beauties in this one uh, in the second half to put the game yeah. out of reach. Um, I think it Absolutely. was Pedro's was the, the third one was beautiful running in at pace, gets a ball in from Lamptey, just opens his, his right foot up and puts it into the corner. Onana stood no chance. Yeah. Um, I would also like to say that although we're not talking much about Matoma, if you watch those games, he is, he's needed. He's playing unbelievable football right now. He might not be on the assist sheet or the score sheet, but he is, he's their maestro right now. I mean, he's yeah. everywhere. He's playing. He's a handful. He's a, he's a handful. Any fullback. If you're a fullback and you're like, you look at the fixture list, you see Brighton on the schedule, you're like, shit, I'm a right back. I got to go against Matoma for 90 minutes and hope I don't get rinsed. You know what I mean? He's, he's very dangerous and he can strike at any moment. All right. So Sean, I got a question for you here. What do all these teams have in common? West Ham, Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Brentford, Newcastle, Manchester United. They're all in the bottom half of the table. They're all ahead of Chelsea in the Premier League right now. <laughs> and I'm leaving out the top five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absurd. Wow. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, we, t- we talk about a game that disappointed Manchester United fans. Let's move on to a game that disappointed everyone, which is, I mean, at this point, <laughs> I just feel like a, a dad who just saw it, you know, found out his son's a bully, you know, just disgust and disappointment. That's how everybody else is watching Chelsea. They dominate possession once again. 76% of the ball, but they're all Swedish, no finish. We get our first goalless draw of the season. It took five ga- five match weeks, I should say. Um, and as you mentioned, they fall all the way down to 14th. You got anything on this one, or can we just breeze past I, it? I, I have nothing. I tried to watch the highlights, but they were 30 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, they you got to see – I don't know if you've seen it. They, they did a – like a, a mock-up on Twitter of this chance that, that Nicholas Jackson missed, and they just started doing like they played Mi- "Sorry, Miss Jackson" by Outkast. Oh no! So that might be his that might be his new nickname is Miss Jackson. But uh, Damn. yeah, tough one for the Blues at the Vitality, and a good point for Bournemouth for sure. Definitely, definitely a good point for Bournemouth. Speaking of good points for teams at the bottom of the table, Burnley and Forest. This is the last one on our weekend recap. Uh, I just wanted to pronounce this guy's name correctly because I just finally learned it. Ziki Amduni. No Amduini, nothing. Amduni opened his account for Burnley. Beautiful goal on a half volley. Um, And then Callum Hudson-Odoi on his debut for Nottingham Forest. Bend one in. I mean, like I said, I talked about uh, the Yonder. All right. Well, we are back to discuss the look ahead to this weekend, and obviously the game that is on everyone's mind is West Ham. I'm just kidding, James. Relax. <laughs> just kidding. It's the North London Derby. Tottenham, Arsenal at the Emirates. Kyle, your first thoughts on this one? Oh, Son was talking shit right away. First thing I saw was freaking Hung Ming Sung in the interview saying Arsenal are going to be scared of the way we're playing right now. We got this. I, I can't wait. I can also tell you guys not to even bother direct messaging James during the game. He's going to be locked in the Zephyr Lodges lofts with just headphones on and focused. This is his, <laughs> this is his shit. He loves this. So, you know, you guys can send him some nice messages if they lose, but if they win, don't even bother. But um, 
I think this is going to come down to Arsenal. I think they're the better team. I think if they decide to control the game, they can. It's at the Emirates. I think Odegaard is going to be the player. I think he's the one you watch the entire time. Him and Saka, they they link up. This They should win. I think Arsenal are going to be the favorites. But Spurs in their current form, if they don't stop Sun, he will find the back of the net. Bottom line, at least once. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it's a very fair analysis of it. You look at it. Arsenal won both of these ties last year, um, but obviously Spurs are completely rejuvenated under Pasta Coglu. Um, and in favor of Spurs, you have Martinelli and Partey, Partey already ruled out for this game, which are two big losses, um, particularly in the midfield. Um, and, and you obviously just mentioned Udegaard. I think the the, the big matchups for this weekend are how's Basuma going? To, is he going to man-mark Udegaard, or is he just going to be in the area? What can he do? Because he's been phenomenal to start this year. And then conversely, on the other side, you have James Madison, who has been, again, we talked about him every episode, been phenomenal to start the season in, in that attacking eight role for Spurs. And then I, I assume it'll be Declan Rice sitting in the six, playing up against him. So those two matchups will be really interesting to watch and kind of determine the, the outcome of the game, in my opinion. Uh, but I agree. I think Arsenal with home field advantage, I would expect them to win this one. Yeah, did they start with Charleston? Do they handicap themselves that you have No, you have to start him. You have to start him. After a goal and assist, the way that he played last week, I think you have to start him. You have to start Cooley. You have to start Son. Yeah. Bring I mean, Brennan Johnson or Solomon case. on in the second half if you need a, you know, need a spark. Yeah, Richardson's never been scared to complain to the media. So if he didn't get the start and they lost, I mean, he would <laughs> oh. be. Ange be hearing it, man. Ange be oh, hearing it. Oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – well, we're, talk, we're talking about the subject of, or on the subject of people talking shit going into a game. How about the balls on Mikhail Antonio? Came out <laughs> on his podcast this week, which, by the way, is below us in the rankings. Um, my personal rankings, not like anything that actually counts, but uh, he added fuel to, or bulletin board material to Liverpool saying, I'm backing myself over Liverpool. I think we, meaning West Ham, will finish higher than Liverpool this season. Wolves could have run away with that game on Saturday. We've got them this weekend, and it's a six-pointer. We've got them. I like our chances. It's like, dude, you have won a singular game at Anfield since John F. Kennedy was the president of the United States. And for you non-history buffs at home, that was 1963. They have one victory at Anfield. Mikhail, do yourself a favor and shut up. Yeah, that's not a good we, look. I hope we smack the shit out of them this weekend and i know it won't happen because they've been the surprise package of the season right they have very good midfield we talked about ward prowse edson alvarez has also really helped them out um in that cdm role he went off with an injury so it'll be interesting to see if he's fit for this game but um you know from a liverpool standpoint i think the big thing is just uh playing with composure and keeping control of the ball, not allowing West Ham to to have those counter-attacking opportunities um, with with too much frequency and also limiting the amount of guys they can, you know, pile forwards, which really relies on Trent and Rabo getting forward and, you know, holding Ben Rama and Bowen accountable, making sure that they have to be defensively responsible and they can't just leak out for those, ca- those counter-attacking opportunities. I'm obviously going to pick my boys. I'd pick, I'd pick them against a team of Martians who, are, you know, have – Holland, Mbappe, and Messi's skill sets all combined into one person. But um, what do you have on this game? You got any takeaways? Yeah, I think it's 3-1 Liverpool. 
like you said, they're the better team. They're more, you know, vibing right now. They're coming off wins as opposed to West Ham. And when you have the striking core that Liverpool has, which in my opinion might be the best in the Premier League, when you have all four of your strikers, including your sub, scoring goals on a weekly basis, it's it's a danger to any other team because you cannot just put your best defender on one guy. You got to play man coverage because any one of them can just break. So you need to trust in your guys. And I just don't see the Liverpool offense getting stopped. I think it's at least three goals for Liverpool this weekend at Anfield. Yeah, I could see that. And I, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, I think three one's probably the right score. Um, I definitely think West Ham will score in this game. Liverpool has been a little shaky defensively. And obviously we've talked about it. You know, West Ham has some great attacking players mentioned the two guys in the wings and the midfield, but obviously Mohamed Kudus looked good uh, coming on for his debut last week. And then also they have uh, Lucas Paqueta, um, the Brazilian. So a lot of flair and talent. Respect to West Ham, the start that they've had. But I just don't see it them coming into Anfield and walking out with a dub. Um, yeah, I think this is a, a for sure Nunez goal come this weekend. He, he's I hope gonna you're be, right. He's gonna be, he didn't score this weekend. He's going to be pissed. He's coming. If he, Listen, if he scores this weekend... Jack Dugan, if you're listening to this, I am going to ravage your text messages. You better pray Darwin Nunez does not score because Jack's been spouting off about West Ham and how Liverpool's crap, blah, blah, blah. I actually asked it, asked him to come on, and he said he wouldn't he wouldn't prepare and wouldn't bring any facts. So I said, never mind, you're uninvited from the pod. But I mean, Liverpool have dropped, what, two points this season off a tie? They're undefeated yeah. still? Yeah, but wow. we're not going to talk about who's who. Chelsea, fuck um Oof. anyways I, to see that. <laughs> I w- this is a bad podcasting moment but i wish i could just screen grab kyle's reaction when i said chelsea because he just absolute disgust <laughs> disgust that's, that's that we drop points to them but uh hey man shit happens it was the first game of the season everyone knows the first one's always the warm-up yep and that also applies to locks of the week because i did miss with my first lock of the week you sir oh. were correct yeah being smart's tiring you know (laughs) so correct a hundred percent of the time this season wow yep that'll be short-lived but that means we obviously have to give kyle his props for being correct on his his two-game parlay and spurs made you sweat that one out though didn't they dude they made you sweat for real um but We'll see. We'll see how that goes. And and uh, because James is out, that means it, it falls back to me. And my pick this weekend is going to be Wolves over Luton Town. And you go, Sean, picking Wolves over Luton Town? What a lame pick. You're not going to get any good odds on that. And I say, you fool. <laughs> Wolves are plus 120 right now. So good odds. There's good scratch there. They're coming off, uh, obviously, a loss, but a very good performance. And they've also looked good against Man United earlier in the year. Uh, Luton is not a prem team. They're going to get wins and points at some point. I don't think it starts this weekend, though. Well, so, games at Kennelsworth, we'll you know. Yeah, yeah that's true. The Kenny will be popping. The Kenny yeah. will definitely be popping. I think Luton will score, but I'm going to take Wolves to, to win this one. Dude, they might and, pack that stadium 100% full capacity with 6,000 home fans. That would be incredible. <laughs> yeah. No, it would be dope. Uh <laughs> But we'll we'll see we'll see what happens this weekend, and obviously we'll be back next week. Uh, pre- hope you've enjoyed all the insights that we've presented today. Um, and before we sign off, I just wanted to you know throw something out to some of our smart ass listeners who have something to say. We want to hear your best roasts, your best witty comments, 
you know, whether it's a play, playful jab at my lock of the week predictions, maybe James's spotty pronunciations, or just, you know, the pod in general. Let's hear, hear what you got to say. Send it our way on EP, at EPL State of Mind on Instagram. DM us your favorite roast, joke, whatever. And if it's good, we'll read it on next week's pod. Um, and then, obviously, speaking of which, stay tuned for our next episode. We'll have James, our fearless leader, return to the host chair. Hopefully, I don't know, Sean. You've been you've been killing this. Yeah, I don't. You, I don't think so. To, uh... I, I think James would have to. I'd have to like fight him to the death to take the host host spot away from him. Can't you can't you can't rob the people of that mellifluous voice? You know what I mean? It's so, true. And he's going to be talking a lot next week after missing these a lot. Weeks. Unless oh. unless Arsenal lose, and he's going to be really quiet. And I'm sure you guys Real have missed quiet. his expert analysis, pronunciations, and punctual recaps of Arsenal games this week. So. Next week, we'll double up the Arsenal allotted time to like 15, maybe 20 years. Um, and then uh, we'll see. But don't forget to subscribe, rate, like, leave us some some of your best uh, feedback. Like I said, EPL State of Mind. But appreciate all the listeners. And uh, Kyle, you want to wrap this one up? Yeah. Like uh, Sean said, we appreciate all you. Stay tuned. It's going to be a great week. Enjoy this derby coming. It's uh one of my favorites just because it's one of the dirtiest games you're going to see all year i'm expecting at least one red card in this game it's it's a fifa style i absolutely hot hot take of the weekend i love that yeah so um thanks to everyone get ready i've been you know keeping up with the uh fantasy football we've been going on you guys are wild out there i don't know how you're pulling this (laughs) off with such teams but um the team names everyone's got holland that's it if anyone's as good as got holland it's true yeah if you're undefeated you probably have holland if there's any (laughs) teams left but uh, yeah, right. thanks for tuning in. We will, uh, geez, you can expect an episode in what, five days? We, we yeah. took a little break this week. So, so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be seeing you guys shortly. Until next time, signing off on the EPL State of Mind. Cheers, everybody. Thank you.